0: Welcome to the Red Pill Sports Podcast, combating Woke ink's takeover of sports. Red Pill Sports Podcast, sports done right. All right. Welcome to the Red Pill Sports Podcast. We're thankful to have you this afternoon or evening. Welcome to the Red Pill Sports Podcast. We are simulcasting on the Dot Washburn Show page, on the Donnie Ray Copeland page, on the Donnie Copeland political page, and then on the Red Pill Sports page. So we're just thankful to have all of you here today. Got a great show lined up for you. We're going to be talking about... Uh, it happened one Sunday, and it was this Sunday uh, that uh, had something in sports that was probably unlike anything that's happened. Well, actually, in history, and it's uh, pretty amazing. If you would have, if you would have told me uh, uh, six months ago, a, a year ago, that I would be spending most of my time on this podcast today talking about uh, women's basketball, I would. Uh, I would argue with you, and I'd say no way. That's that's never going to happen, uh, and and not that I have anything uh, against women playing basketball whatsoever uh, at all, uh, but it is, and I'm trying to get my volume up here on the. Pardon me for blocking the. Uh, but uh, the the thing is, I just I've never found, and I know I'm going to make some people upset here, but I've just never found women's basketball to be. Um, engaging, or to be interesting, uh, you know. Even when Cheryl Swoops was playing, I'm trying to think of some others. Uh, you know, I've tried to watch the WNBA a couple times. Not, not, not real hard. Have I tried to watch it? But I have tried to watch it, and just, uh, just couldn't, uh, just couldn't do it. Just, just didn't, didn't do anything for me. So. Um, but I'm telling you, a few weeks ago, I'm trying to get this off of my screen here for you guys that are listening here, so I apologize uh, for me being distracted. Um, but so, uh, a few weeks ago, I guess it was, I uh, I was introduced to the uh, uh, Caitlin Clark, and uh, man, that, uh, that Caitlin Clark is unbelievable. She is a... Uh, plays for the University of Iowa, and just uh, amazing uh, player. Reminds you a lot of Stephon Curry uh, in her range and how she plays. It's just uh, pretty, pretty amazing. Um, so, uh, anyway, uh, I, uh, I, f- I found her to be, uh, you know, just just fascinating. Uh, so, kind of followed her through the uh, NBA playoffs. I'm, I'm sorry, the the women's basketball playoffs, and uh, watched her in several games, and just was amazed by her range. Uh, and also, she's I don't know if you realize this. She's six foot. She's she's not you know a little tiny uh, small uh, girl. She's she's pretty slight built, but she's very tall, six foot. And can and shoot a thirty footer just as well as she can shoot a twenty footer. Uh, just just amazing. Uh, one game I watched, she scored four, like forty one points. And so, um, I you know it was it was kind of coming up, uh, going through the process. They played South Carolina, so I watched that game. I guess it was Friday night, uh, and you know no one thought that. I was going to beat South Carolina. South Carolina hasn't lost in two years. Won the uh, national championship last year, which I didn't watch any of it, uh, not not one game. Uh, and I believe Caitlin Clark, I'm sure she played last year, but I, I don't think I'd heard of her till two months ago. And so then, uh, you know, and she was she was fiery. She was she was uh, really. Uh, out there and really, you know, mixing it up and, uh, not taking anything from anybody out there on the court. And she's not, you know, a Wilton flower by any stretch of the imagination, a fierce competitor and so forth and so on. And so, uh, just found her to be, you know, really, really a, a lot, a lot of fun, uh, to watch. And so, uh, fast forward, they, they upset South Carolina and, uh, and just really had a great game plan I love the way they play team basketball uh, and I'm going to be talking about the, the, uh, the uh, men's finals as well and I'm actually going to kind of juxtapose the women's and the men's game because something historic happened uh, on uh, Sunday and Monday but, uh, but anyway I want to give you a little context and again I'm your host Donnie Copeland here at the Red Pill Sports Podcast so thankful that you joined us here tonight and uh, there's some fascinating fascinating things to take away from both the game on Sunday and then the game on Monday the men's game Um, but this Caitlin Clark just I mean captured really the nation I think there was a five five million people watched the South Carolina uh, Iowa game and uh, and again I think she scored I believe if I'm not mistaken she scored 41 in that game, uh, so I mean, she was really tearing it up, and then um, so against uh, final uh, LSU played Virginia Tech and beat Virginia Tech. Actually, had to come back in the fourth quarter. I'm a just uh, by uh, means of, of qualification here. I'm a uh, I'm from Louisiana. I'm a huge LSU fan. I've never been a huge uh, women's basketball fan of any kind from any team, including. LSU, I've, I don't i do not know that I've ever watched a whole LSU women's basketball game. Uh, just, you know, full disclosure. Then one of the things that kind of started me to look toward um, women's basketball for LSU was Kim Mulkey. And then what got me interested in this tournament was Caitlin Clark. So you see there the, that the personalities, uh, the competitors, Uh, it it draws you in, you know, or at least drew me in. And so I was more interested, but I still hadn't watched, I don't think, uh, I I know I hadn't watched a whole game. I don't know if I'd watched really any of uh, LSU this year if I had. It was very little, uh, maybe a clip or two, but nothing of of any uh, substance. And so... We get to the final game on Sunday, uh, which Sunday's sacred for me. That's my, <laughs> that's my nap day. And uh, uh, in the afternoon, we have church in the morning. We have an, another service in the evening at our English-speaking church. And so I, I always catch me a nap in between. And, uh, and I didn't even take a nap. I, I watched the entire game from start to finish. Uh, my grandson had a soccer game, went to that soccer game, Get out of the soccer game. Uh, after church, then came home and uh, <coughs> excuse me and watched the uh, watched the game and it was it was a phenomenal game. Uh, now there's been uh, most of you that are listening to sports podcasts, you're going to be aware of this. But there was a lot, a lot of controversy uh, toward the end of that game, and it was a very fiercely fought game. LSU ended up winning it pretty handedly. By 17, but it, it was much closer than that. Uh, the bulk of the the game was, which much much closer than that. It wasn't nearly as um, it wasn't nearly as one-sided as it seemed. But be that as it may, uh, I, the, the there was some there was some bantering going back and forth. Uh, Angel Reese, uh, for those of kind of don't know and you've been under a rock somewhere uh, angel reese is the star for lsu and really lsu's game sunday uh and i'm not going to spend a ton of time on the game because i don't think very many people that listen to this podcast are huge women's basketball fans but i believe there's some lessons to be taken taken from this that are much bigger than even the game even though the game was big and i'm going to make a point about that as well um uh, but uh let me back up to a couple of games, and I watched this with Caitlin Clark. Uh, and I don't even know what I know it's John Cena, some wrestler did this, but I don't know the whole context of it. I probably should have known more about it before I started talking about it, but uh, it, that's really not uh, privy or, or not really relative to the story I'm going to tell or the point I'm going to make here tonight. But uh, Caitlin Clark in the process of. One of those games, she was, you know, getting into it with a few people on the other team, and she made this gesture, and for those of you that are on the podcast, this Can't See Me Now hand waving her hand in front of her face, which I think that stuff's pretty silly anyway, personally, but I'm old, so, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, but anyway, she did that. She She did that Can't See Me Now, I think they say it is. And again, I don't even know what that, I know it's something John Cena started when he was in, and it's something of you know you weren't respecting me, I think, or you took me too lightly, or uh, or whatever. I, I think that's that's pretty close. Doesn't matter. But anyway, so toward the end of the game, uh, when else you pretty much had it in the bag, thirty seconds left, something like that. So Angel Reese, who's black, Caitlin Clark, who's white. I don't. There may be one black player on the Iowa team, but it is Iowa, so. Uh, and LSU, I don't know if they have one white player on the team. Kim Mulkey's the, the coach is white. A couple of white assistants other than that. I don't think they have any. But that that's neither here nor there, really. And, and I'm going to make a point about race here in a minute, too. So Angel Reese does the right in. And in fairness, when Caitlin Clark did it, she did it kind of, you know, walking on the court. She didn't really get up near anybody and do it. She she still did it. It seemed a little, you know. She was so good. It seemed unnecessary. I'll put it that way. In their victory, it, it was like you know, you know, keep it classy. You know, act you know, like you've been here before, kind of thing. Even though they hadn't, uh, this was un, uncharted territory for Iowa and and in winning. Uh, but anyway, she she did it. But she didn't do it right at anybody. Well, Angel Reese is right there beside. Uh, I believe on the foul line the first time, and does the waves of her hand in front of her face right in Caitlin Clark's face, and she does it a couple other times. And after the game's over, she's kind of walking beside Caitlin Clark, almost stalking her a little bit, doing the can't see me now thing in front of her face. Then she points at her ring finger like you know we're gonna get ready to get a ring. Well, Caitlin Clark never even looks at her, didn't give her their, the. Um, you know the satisfaction of looking at her. Now let me let me say this. Uh, even though LSU, you know, uh, you know Caitlin Clark was a great story. Uh, I'm an LSU fan. I was for LSU. I, I really hated that Caitlin Clark and Iowa because they were a great story. Uh, but I was I was pulling for LSU when LSU won. I was very glad that they won. But I was probably as equal. Equally upset that Kaylin Clark and uh, Iowa, it was one of those games where you hated for anybody to lose. One, because Iowa just played so well, Kaylin Clark, so much fun to watch, uh, and that, and she plays a lot like a guy, to be honest, you know, and I know that's going to sound really um, whatever, like a, you know, misogynist, is that is that the word we're supposed to use, um, but she does. I mean, she she plays like a dude. I mean, she is a she's a baller, drives the basket, shoots the three, uh, left-handed, right-handed. Just uh, and and her and Angel Reese, from from all accounts, both played on their brothers' teams and played and was MVPs on their on on boys' teams. You know. So uh, and Angel Reese uh, is a much different player. She's more of a uh, you know, a banger on the boards, Dennis Rodman, but with a much softer touch. Really good around the basket. Uh, you know, very talented, tall. I'd say she's six two, six three, something like that. Uh, but you know, both phenomenal. Average, I think, a double double. Uh, both are great, great players. So taking nothing away from either one of them and and their you know their ability. But Kaylin Clark. It just in honesty, is m- much more fun to watch. Just the way she plays, and uh, so so anyway, um, man. After that game was over, and and I'll be honest, I, I I wished when I was watching Angel Reese do the pointing to her finger and doing the face thing, I was like, man, don't do that. You know, you you've won. Uh, you're 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 probably the MVP of the game, and she was um, just. Just enjoy it, you know well she, you know she didn't she 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 let it all hang out she she gave it to Caitlin Clark uh, then Alexa Morris, who's the point guard for lSU, gets it, which I thought was really over the top uh, at the end uh, this was during the trophy presentation and alluded to Caitlin Clark and said, you know hey you're a great player, but um you know, you didn't show us any respect, uh, which I, I didn't see where that was the case. Uh, and you know, I defended you, and she did, but she, Caitlin Clark, still scored 30. So I mean, let's let's you know not get too excited there. Um, again, and I'm 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 an LSU fan, and I was pulling for LSU, and I'm still glad right now that they won. But I I thought both of those things, the wave in the hand in her face, right in her face, pointing and walking with her, pointing at her finger, uh, and then Alexa Marsh taking the opportunity instead of thanking her teammates and thanking her coach, which she did, in fairness to her, she took time to call out Caitlin Clark, which I, I thought was, you know, again, I thought was unnecessary. So with all that being said, man, then the firestorm Uh, And I knew it. I knew it when I saw it. I said, man, this is not going to end well. And sure enough, on Twitter, Facebook, uh, all the media, even a lot of uh, sports figures weighed weighed in talking about how uh, thuggish Angel Reese was and how thuggish Alexa Morris was, how classless they were. Uh, And a lot of people were watching uh, that game not being Iowa or LSU fans Kim Mulkey is a very animated figure. She was, you know, being very animated on the sidelines. She's a sweetheart of a person, very uh, a good person. Uh, I I don't know her personally, but I know people who know her, and she is genuinely a a good person. Anybody that knows her will tell you that. Um, And so, uh, but a lot of people were really railing on uh, her, talking about the coach, Kim Mulkey for LSU, on, on her animation. Here, here's another thing about that game that really, and, and this is important. Uh, I'm, I'm giving you a lot of context. This is part of the show, but it's all context of what I'm getting to here in a minute uh, that I think is really important. And that is uh, that there that, that was a reason for a lot of the animosity, a lot of the Twitter fallout, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of the, you know, hate, Whatever you know that was that was going forth, that was really you know I thought totally and completely unnecessary. Uh, But but be that as it may, uh, the officiating was horrible. Uh, For the first, I think for the first time, I could be correct on this. For the first time in a final, it was an all-female officiating crew, and they were terrible. With a capital T Uh, That game could have been so much better I don't think it would have made any difference I think LSU was just more talented Plus LSU's depth uh, Really got to uh, Their benches uh, There was no comparison in LSU's bench scoring Versus uh, Iowa's bench scoring Uh, I, I would say I would have said before that game that I was just a better team than anybody had seen in a long, long time. They play phenomenally well. But LSU plays as well or better together. They're just, they're really, really good. And and the few clips I'd seen of them before Sunday, I was not nearly as impressed. But I was super impressed with uh, Alexa Morris, her driving, uh, dishing, uh, their uh, ball Uh, movement. Um, Their three-point shooting, which has not been great all year, not even been good all year, was off the charts on Sunday. And uh, the uh, Carson kid, which I was so glad for her. She was a transfer from, I believe, Virginia Tech or from West Virginia. Uh, And she just shot the lights out. I think she scored like 21 points in the first half. She was like, seven for eight or something like that from three, uh, or maybe seven for seven. For, uh, she was like 100% from three in the first half. Shot one time, I think, second half and missed it. So seven, eight from three, just just unbelievable. Scored 21, 23 points, something like that, something like that. Uh, but they had other bench players that just played. Phenomenal. So I think even though officiating was just horrible, it was horrible. Uh, then, and so people could say, well, they, they headed in for Iowa, you know, because they, uh, I, Caitlin Clark got four fouls. Uh, the center for uh, for Iowa, who's a really, really talented center, she's a big girl, real pretty heavy and tall, but man, moves well, uh, is, is, is tough, tough. Kind of reminds you of, um, kind of a Bill Lambeer, Robert Parrish, you know, old school, uh, NBA East type center, bruiser type. And she was really, really uh, effective, and she fouled out. Uh, and then Kevin Clark had four fouls, so it kind of limited her. But again, it was a 17-point difference, so I don't think it would have made a difference in, at the end of the day in the, in the game, really. But the officiating was just so atrocious. Then Angel Reese... Uh, the girl I talked about earlier that was doing the hand waving in Kaitlyn Clark's face, uh, she spent the whole second quarter and much of the first half on the bench, uh, as did a couple other players for LSU because they were in foul trouble. Because they, every time they would start moving, every time they would start anything, any kind of physicality, uh, the whistle would blow and it would start, stop playing. It was just, it was a horribly, horribly uh, officiated game. And so but but all that is context to man the next morning or even that night, man, Twitter and all of it just blew up with and a lot of it became pretty racial, you know, pretty uh and you had people saying man Angel Reese, Alexa Morris are thugs and Caitlin Clark's just sweet good girl. Well, that that's not quite accurate. Uh Caitlin Clark, she's tough, man. Caitlin Clark uh, is um, she's Larry Bird? She she is an assassin. She's she's good, but she's tough, and she's you know she can give it to him out there and gives it to him verbally and physically. Just you know she's not big enough to really push people around anything, but uh, she's tall, pretty rangy, probably stronger than she looks, and uh, she's she she won't back down from anybody. So. Excuse me. She was definitely uh, all tournament long. She was she was a little mouthy, but she was much more um, subtle with it than Angel Angel Reese and Alexa Morris were really. And those were really the only two that I saw for LSU in fairness LSU that was really um, you know over the top. And I thought they were. I thought they were just a little much, but nothing more than Caitlin Clark did. But uh, it was cast in a really different light, and and, and I'm probably going to get attacked for my uh, take on it. But you know, I'm just I'm trying to be as honest and forthright as I can here. But here's the here's the takeaway that I want you to get from this: is that something phen- phenomenal happened that I did not see coming, and that is the the women's College game uh, got on the map Sunday, and and that's why I titled this. I'll probably title the the actual episode something different because it happened one Sunday. Uh, I think I'll probably title it, and you're getting the inside scoop. Is Caitlin is no angel, and and there's kind of a double entendre there. Is Caitlin isn't like Angel Reese, but neither is Caitlin uh, uh, Clark. Uh, a an angel either uh, she's not like angel Reese but she's not an angel either so that that and, and plus that's a little more salacious and we'll get people to click on it and actually listen to the episode that's what you want a title to do anyway so just giving you a little heads up that's probably what the title would be okay and I started to name the uh, the, the promo Caitlin is no angel but i i, I didn't didn't do that for but that, the reason I want to talk about much more than just the two of them Here's what happened and here's the point I really i have taken what 24 minutes to make uh, And I'm going to make it right after this message The message is uh, if you're looking for a car And you you are trying to find a car and you're, look, My wife has, has been looking for a car And there's none out there uh, I want you to do something I want you to go to Red River Auto Dot com, RedRiverAuto.com. Uh, keep in mind that we are a fan, we are a part of the Doc Washburn show. If you've not if you if you're looking for a great podcast, a great political podcast, you want to go to the Doc Washburn show. DocWashburn.com. Check it out. Well, Doc Washburn was uh, a leading. Uh, he, in fact, he was on. He uh, sub for Mark Levin, 11, 12, 13 times. He was the number one talk show host in Arkansas. He was fired because he wouldn't take the COVID vaccine, uh, which seems more than smart uh, at this point, right? Uh, and so we started, me and a couple of friends invested and started the Doc Washburn Show podcast. Well, guess what? Red River Auto Group, owned by Mitch Ward and his family, calls us and says, Look, I heard you got fired, yes. Uh, Doc, and so uh, Mitch, Brian, and Manser, and myself are the, the co owners. And Doc went out and met with Mitch. And he said, Look, I spend thousands of dollars with, uh, with Cumulus Media, but I'm moving some of my advertising dollars to you because I don't agree with what happened and I don't agree why it happened. And I'm supporting you. And since that day, in October of 2022, that that happened, Mitch Ward, or 2021, yeah, that was October of 2021 that uh, uh, th- this happened, I believe. We've been going now 18 months. So, uh, and Mitch and Red River Auto has been with us all the way. We would not be here if it were not for Red River Auto. And so I want to encourage you if you are looking for a car, at least do this go to redriverauto.com, uh, call them, go online, say, Look, I heard you on the Red Peel Sports Podcast with Donnie Copeland. Uh, he was talking about Dot Washburn, uh, and he's a part of the Dot Washburn Show podcast. And uh, I'm here to look at a car from you. Because of what you did and stood up for liberty, you know all these woke, uh, all these woke corporations uh, trying to appease the far left, and you've got a guy that owns multiple car dealerships, new and used, uh, that is standing with patriots. So help me help Mitch Ward and Red River Auto, RedRiverAuto.com. Uh, it, you, no matter where you are They'll hook you up They'll help you get a new or used car Give you a great deal on it And then deliver it right to your front door No matter where you are So go to redriverauto.com Okay, let let me Let me uh, tell you why I spent 24 minutes Setting the stage Something happened on Sunday Because the next day was Monday And of course Connecticut played San Diego State uh, now, as bad a called game as the game was on Sunday, the women's game, the men's game was called impeccably. It was such a great game. You know, the the technical foul called on Caitlin Clark. She took the ball. She's frustrated and just flips it behind her back. Uh, it's during a timeout. It's not the referee standing there holding her hand out, wanting the ball. Uh, it's you know, it's a timeout, and she just flips the ball behind her back to the, to out of bounds and they call it a technical foul which by the way uh amassed or, or added up to her fourth personal foul and so I believe because it was a dead ball maybe is that technical was actually applied as a personal foul because I was thinking technically, uh usually technically usually a technical foul is not also applied as a personal foul but I think during the, if it happens in a dead ball Situation, It is. I could be wrong on that. If I stand corrected, I'll make the correction. But nonetheless, it ended up being her fourth foul. So she, she didn't drive like she normally did in case she uh, was called for charging or whatever and be out of the game. So it definitely changed her game. I don't think it changed the outcome of the game. But but I saw that say the, the men's game was called phenomenally. Uh, Connecticut was just... Head and shoulders above everybody. Their length, their size down low uh, was just too much. Plus, their outside shooting, uh, they, they were just too much to handle. And they they I think they won almost by the exact same amount that LSU beat uh, Iowa, Connecticut beat uh, San Diego State. But he, here's the thing that I want to get to tonight, and I, I thought was phenomenal. The Angel Reese, Caitlin Clark thing is just blown up, and it's a big thing. Caitlin Clark and Alexa Morris are thugs. Caitlin Clark's a sweet little white girl that, you know, just trying to play basketball and fulfill her dream, and you got these two thugs that are, you know, uh, giving her a hard time. And and it's it's much less one-sided than that. It is tit for tat. Uh, Again, I'll repeat, I thought Alexa Morris – I thought Angel reached one out of their way, especially in victory, uh, to uh, you know, to probably put themselves in a light that they they could have avoided. But they're young, they're kids, you know. Uh, it wasn't over the top. It was it was more than probably what it should have been, but it wasn't anything violent. It certainly wasn't like the girl that punched the other girl in the mouth, you know, walking through the line in one of the other games. So. Uh, so anyway, the reaction of guys like Barstool Sports founder uh, Portnoy uh, and uh, Keith Oberman who called uh, Angel Reese a expletive uh, piece of excrement. How's that for ease? Uh, I mean, here's Keith Olbermann, a what i seventy year old man, uh, ultra liberal calling Angel Reese, uh, you know, uh, uh, I mean, a F-bomb piece of excrement. You know, I mean, uh, so, I mean, just wait. So so my point being, and that's not my ultimate point, but one of my sub-points is this. The reaction to what happened with Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark, who were the two stars of the game, by the way, uh, the reaction was was more than the actual, the, the actual uh, thing that happened, which was really puzzling. Now, here's the positive. The positive is this. Uh, the ratings came out, and the ratings ended up that the women's game, the LSU Iowa game, was the most watched women's basketball game in history. And at, also, that game... Was only was within I believe three million uh, of the men's game. The men's game was one of the lower watched games just because San Diego State was a nobody. Uh, They didn't have really no. Either team had star players that anybody knew about. So there was not the draw. So you had nine million. I think the top was twelve million that ended up watching the women's game. You know that at least turned it on for a little bit. The very top of the men's was like 14 million. The average was like 12. So the top of the women's uh, viewing was almost equal to the average of the men's viewing. The men's peaked out about 14, but averaged about 12 million that viewed it. Uh, Nine million viewed the women's game, and it peaked out at 12. So what you had happen on Sunday between Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese was not some, you know, Thug versus you know suburbia. Uh, it was the women's game found, except for the for the officiating. The women's game found new life. I mean, it 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 proved that if you get you know you get the right players playing, you get the right. And you can't control who wins the games and whatever. But um, it, it it was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, now. I will say this, and I, I, I may get in trouble for this. I don't know, but I do think what drove a lot of the interest in the the women's championship game is it didn't look like the NBA, and it didn't look like uh, what women's basketball looks like now, which is uh, you know become really predictable. That it's you know all fast paced It's all Not very attractive basketball, and just calling an ace an ace uh, is that it's uh, you know, and and calling it like I see it, that you you had uh, a white team, you had a white star uh, that really that just dominated everybody else, and so. I don't think the I don't th- at all. I don't think it was you know white against black. It was just hey, there's somebody my little girl can relate to. There's somebody I can relate to. There's somebody that maybe can't jump out of the gym, you know. And so I think there was some relatability there. Uh, and so uh, I, and, and I saw on social media as many people defending, and I'm here. You know, wise they can be defending Angel Reese and Alexa Morris. Uh, yeah, w- would I have handled that a little different? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they weren't doing anything different than Caitlin Clark has done, is doing. Now, side note to all of that is that today Caitlin Clark comes out and says, look, and it was just a game. Angel Reese was being competitive. I was being competitive. She's talking trash. I was talking trash. Uh, I'm not mad at her. I'm not upset at her. That's a competitor, you know. Hey, they were the better team. They won. Uh, you know, we will get you next time. And so, uh, I think it's a big lesson to people out there that want to make this something more than it is. Uh, look, uh, if if you have a black race car dri- race car driver, or you have a black uh, a hockey player, he's going to draw. Black people to the game because it's just not it's not normal, and so it's an anomaly. Um, and same way, when you have a white guy, and you know 90, 87, I believe percent of the NBA is black, and you have a white guy that is out there dominating, it's gonna it's gonna bring attention. It's gonna bring people out. It's it's human nature doesn't mean those people are racist. It doesn't mean, oh, uh, because I can appreciate, you know, I can appreciate black singers like I can white singers. I can appreciate black players like I can white players. But I'm enamored when somebody, I, just like I'm enamored when uh, a, a black singer uh, m- makes a country hit. And one of my favorite country singers is Breland, who's a, a black country singer. And because it's so rare, so it's not so much black or white that I I I want a white person. If if a white person makes a country hit, I'm not. Oh, that's that's phenomenal. No, because that's that's pretty common. Now, a white person getting an R&B hit or getting a a rap hit, that's that's a little less common, or much more less common, much less common. Uh, So it is with as I said, a black artist. Uh, having a country hit, so it, it's it's not so much the color, because I I'm a fan either way. It's the it's the lack of predictability, and so don't don't get this too bit out of shape and make more of it the racial aspect of it uh, than should be. It's it's not, and I guarantee you that uh, that there are numerous. Uh, Anomalies, both black and white. Uh, I'll, gi- I'll give you a great example, is President Obama. And, and I think I made this point on the last, uh, uh, on the last podcast. Was President, There is no way President Obama would have been elected uh, to, to the presidency without white people. But it was an anomaly. I think there was some guilt. I think there was some, well, we want to show people we're not racist. But I think a lot of people thought he was the better choice. Uh, I didn't. I didn't vote for him. Wouldn't vote for him if he ran 40 times because he's too liberal for me. But a lot of people said, you know, hey, let's give a black guy a chance. Never been a black president. Let's try that. It wasn't that they wanted to vote for the black or over the white guy as much as it was, man, we always see this. Let's try that. I think that's what you got with Iowa and South Carolina. Now, um, the coach for uh, for South Carolina came out really strong, made some real racial uh, overtones, uh, kind of accused some. Uh, th- this was the semifinal game. I-, I think she was probably Dawn Staley is her name. Uh, and um, she seems pretty somewhat angry. Uh, great coach and-, and has had a great run, uh, one, I believe, thirty-two, or more, a lot more than that, uh, went two regular seasons without a loss. Won the national championship last year. Got to the semifinal game this year, final four, uh, and and was upset by Iowa. Was not, I was not supposed to beat them at all, uh, and and lost to Iowa. But then she got in there and. Was saying, you know, journalists have been overheard calling, and she used the word monkey and and the word thug, and uh, you know, and maybe that happened, maybe maybe that did happen, but she re- she really made it, uh, she really added a lot of racial fuel to the fire, that that really never went anywhere because I think they just got beat and they got beat uh, and really got out coached and got outplayed by. Uh, Iowa as a team's uh, effort, and then certainly Caitlin Clark dropping 41 on them, and they they just sagged in and dared uh, South Carolina to shoot the three, and and just kept them from uh, didn't really keep them from second chances, but they just packed the middle so much that they did enough, and then with Caitlin uh, Clark score and they beat them. But anyway, I think that all of that seemed to be sour grapes. With Don Staley, um, but you know, again, I don't think I don't think, um, I, I don't think a, a lot of people that many people viewing the game was as much about black and white as it was about the anomaly of it. That here's this white girl, you know, with nine, uh, ten, you know, uh, well, no, her team's almost all white, but uh, you know. If most games, there's going to be 10 black players on the field, court. And they're going to be dominating the game, uh, and she's dominating everybody she plays. Uh, and so it's the anomaly of it. Uh, again, it's like the black hockey player playing lights out. It's it's like the, you know, um, several years ago, a black quarterback, not so much now. You have a lot of black quarterbacks in the NFL uh, are are in the NCAA men's football, or um, in foo- football, college football. Um, so I think it's the anomaly uh, at this stage, not race. Uh, I would at least like to, I'd like to think that being the case. Um, so, uh, so anyway, uh, one side note to all of that is that. Um, so, you know, uh, Jill Biden was at the game Sunday. And, uh, you know, they made a big deal about her bid there. Well, at the end of the game, she makes a proclamation. She wants to invite both teams, Iowa and LSU, to the, the White House. It's like, oh, good grief. You know, if Iowa would have won, I'm an LSU fan Uh, I would have been insulted if she wanted to invite LSU. No, LSU didn't need to go. They didn't win. The winner goes to the White House. She was like, well, no, let's just invite both of them. They're like, oh, good grief. Well, guess what? Caitlin Clark, who lost, said, no, we don't need to go to the White House. We didn't win. LSU needs to go to the White House. So uh, (laughs) in this bizarre world that we live in, of political correctness and all the racial overtones, at the end of the day, something really, really good happened on Sunday. That was the women's uh, women's college basketball had a rebirth. Almost was as successful. In fact, they say the tickets for the women's game were more valuable than the men's game, and there was a greater demand. For the, uh, for the women's game. I think that was because of LSU, because of Kim Mulkey, because she is a household name. And then it was no doubt probably 70% of all of it was Caitlin Clark. Uh, and the good news is we get to watch Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese uh, in the uh, at least one more year, if not two. Uh, so I think that's a, that's a great thing. Uh, I was not a women's college basketball fan, but uh, you know, three weeks ago and today I am. Uh, so uh, it was a it was a great weekend. The the men's game was good. It was I thought it was really good. It's so really glad for Danny Hurley uh went in there at Connecticut. Connecticut's been through some tough times uh, with uh, Ollie and the uh, problems he had there at Connecticut. Uh, and uh, They won their fifth national championship, so it's pretty heady. LSU's first national championship in basketball, men and women's in history. Uh, Pretty good stuff. That was only in Kim Mulkey's second year uh, as coach. So pretty good stuff. Hey, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for being a part of Red Pill Sports Podcast. Hey, do me a huge favor. Go to Gab. Go to Truth Social, uh, at Donnie Copeland. Uh, My Red Pill Sports on Twitter, Donnie at Donnie Copeland on Twitter, uh, Red Pill Sports on Facebook. Uh, like us, uh, share, follow. Uh, send somebody the Red Pill Sports podcast. Let them know about it. We'll be back here next Tuesday night, same time, same station. See you then, okay? Thank you. God bless you, and we'll see you later. Thank you for being a part of it. We appreciate you so very much. Spring Show Family of Podcasts, a Yetcher media company.